Ain't that the truth? If this gonna be that kind of party, I'm gonna stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. Who is Another episode of Jonah Ray Dio can't make it because he is getting ready for the Super Bowl of Oscars. <laughs> the golden, the golden, the, the, the golden after party, after party Grammy at the Varieties SAG Awards, Governors uh, uh, Island, uh, CMJ. Uh, this uh, this is uh, this is me, Jonah Ray, your host. And hi, Jonah. This is, this is uh, Cash Hartzell. Hi, hi, everybody. And this is Neil Mahoney, featuring Neil Mahoney. Yes, look, you're holding on to the microphone. Oh boy, look at you, freshly shorn. Who, who said it? Somebody said it over Twitter last week. It's not that uh, you the microphone needs to be pointing at you. You need to be pointing at the microphone. It was so. probably a fucking John, Ether John, or whatever. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Ether John. We appreciate the interaction, but. Oh boy. <laughs> it makes us feel bad about how little we interact back with you. Yeah. Well, there's a omnidirectional microphones uh-huh. point everywhere. Mm-hmm. Unidirectional microphones point straight. Okay. You know, this there's is two a, kinds. this is a good time to uh, introduce our guest. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, our guest for today. I got it. You, you got something? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm not plugged in. Oh, you're not plugged in. <laughs> they are two of them. One is a returning guest. The other, first time being here. They are indeed two of them. Um, now, they have been in many bands before. Uh, one goes by J.R. Slayer. He's also been in the Blood Brothers. The other was in Desaparecidos. He's played with Harmar Supers. are also my wedding DJ. Please welcome... <laughs> From Pressers. Oh, boy. Cody Vitalato and Denver Daly. Hey. hey. Huh? Thank you. Great job. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, I feel so proud of myself. You should. Yeah. Yeah, my you accolades. Should. So we, we've been, uh, we, we've been uh, getting ready because uh, uh, Pressers, our band, yep. our, uh, we're, we were playing uh, on Thursday down in Santa Ana. We'll be playing, um, opening up for Mineral. The band Mineral. Mineral. Like, uh, oh no. No, that's not them. Never mind. Uh, Mineral. That sounds who are cool. You, who were you thinking of? I was thinking of Concrete. You guys ever heard Concrete? <laughs> are you trying to think of Pavement? <laughs> pavement. Oh. <laughs> that's amazing. They're calling the album oh, Concrete. Oh, man. Uh, that's rough. I that's, love that's Pavement. That's a tribute band. It's Concrete. Concrete's it. Yeah. It's a comic book. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like it's, a, it's like a like yeah. a crossword puzzle clue uh, yeah. to get to pavement. Yeah. I would yeah. so I would love to Black do a crossword puzzle that's just me cramming in the things that I think it is into like, <laughs> yeah, it's too many letters, but I can get it in there. You know, with that guitar player, uh regular staircase? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um yeah, so uh Cody is here. Cody, say hello. Hey, what's up? 
oh come on so let's uh, let's girl. reel back the coolness going on <laughs> hello there it is oh, hello Jonah. there it is oh. oh hello sir oh sorry <laughs> yes i need all my guests to talk like a black comedian's impression of a white guy <laughs> <laughs> if at all possible at all times at all times oh i'm sorry sir yeah. but could you excuse me for um and then of course denver denver you're here <clears throat> uh present <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker clean his throat and shit uh, <laughs> i uh I, I i we haven't had you on we uh ever no. have we no uh you guys talked about me when harmar was on i yeah. believe but I've never actually been on. Uh, tell people a little bit about yourself. You're from the uh, greater Omaha area. I am. I'm from Nebraska, born and raised. And then uh, I moved to Nashville and then moved back to Nebraska and then New York and here and there. And I'm in Wisconsin. Now you're in Wisconsin. 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 Got, you're, you're, now you're in, it's like you, you came to L.A. right before that cold snap. Yeah, they got they like called a foot foot of snow snap? and yeah. it's, yeah, it's like well, insanely no, it's, what, what is it? The Arctic Storm or Arctic, Vortex? Arctic Vortex. Yep. Now was yeah. that that thing? I remember like uh, what was that thing that happened years ago, like four years ago? There was like an Ar- Arctic Vortex where people would like boil hot water and then like oh, throw yeah. it outside. It would yeah. just turn into steam immediately. Yeah, or something? I think there was a lot of like Instagrammers that got really badly burned. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Look> at me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so that's that's what that's what's going to yeah, turn everybody on climate change is all the influencer. Let's just injuries. do that. Let's just burn ourselves with water, man. This is the new <laughs> yeah. thing, guys. Yeah, you don't even need cold, yeah. cold weather at all. Or is uh, was it uh, as Trump called, uh, tweeted about it? Uh, global whamming, whamming. Yes. Oh, it's oh, the my. scalded skin challenge. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah it's for Alzheimer's. <laughs> um, but so, uh, so you get late in life and you go, why do I have that scar? Yeah, yeah. that's for Alzheimer's. <laughs> uh, but so you uh, you came up uh, playing in bands in the uh, the old. The old Omaha hee-haw. scene. Yep. Which uh, then you uh, how, how did you how did you come to be a part of uh, Desperacitos? How did you start the band? Um, well, Connor and I grew up together. Um, let's see, we've known each other since we're like nine. Um, oh wow! And then I actually started the band with his uh, cousin Ian, and it was going to be way more kind of experimental. And then uh, now, just for, for fans, Connor Oberst, uh, who also known as Bright Eyes. Yep. Uh, that's just just in case people don't know. And now he's got some new thing, better Oblivion Community Center, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, with um, Phoebe Bridgers. Yes. Yes. But yeah, so we grew up together, and then yeah, he got wind of it and was like, "Oh, I, I want in on that." And uh, so that was really cool because then we had like a a label and a booking agent and a following. So we Built just in. kind of fast tracked yeah. all, all that stuff. So yeah. wait, so you guys have the band, and what year is this? This would be 2000, 2000 2001. Because that's I remember, when you start you start the band then. Yeah, because we were in the studio, watching like nine eleven happen. <laughs> we were recording this the record that's uh, challenges World TV the party. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like it's like, and this was like this was months after the attack, and you guys all. Huddled around, put in the tape of 9/11. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's just a rerun. Yeah, like, Let's see that again. Yeah, That's nice one, Jonah. <laughs> this was back with VH. No one else is doing anything. <laughs> so you could you could reverse the plane right out of the building. Yeah, it's like they're. Yeah. Uh, so, you, so you guys are doing that, um, and then um, he decides he wants to focus on bright eyes and yeah. And, so like uh, he's bright eyes is already established. Already thing. Yep. But it hadn't quite. I feel like he was working on lifted, lifted right around the time, which was the breakout. Yeah, yeah. I feel like. Well, some people would be like, oh, "No, man, it's fevers and mirrors." Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but um, 
which is fine. I, I kind of, to me, the second one, letting off the happiness was my favorite. And then I kind of stopped paying attention, mm. which I loved. I mean, he. How he, old was he when the first Bright Eyes album came out? Cody, I don't know. You, you pay attention to I don't know. Um, well, I'm. You put a tape on We're close 13. in age. I think maybe he's two years older than me. That's so. what I remember. It's him and like microphones were like kids in high school that were like putting out albums. Yeah, like, it was like folksy his stuff. Brother, yeah. And he put out this tape called Water when he was 13. And then I don't know when that first actual Bright, the collection of songs um, came out. I can't remember. It's all a blur. So anyway, like he, he's known, though. He's an entity. Google it, dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't have any time. There's no way we'll ever be able to know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But then so you guys like it's like the album comes out. I remember everyone loved it. I was working at a record store. We listened to it all the time. Mm -hmm. And then you guys didn't really do much else after that. No, no. Uh, Yeah. He went and focused on Bright Eyes and we just didn't do anything for like 10 years or something like that. Yeah. And then you came out and then in that time. And then we did the same exact thing again, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really? Just like, it was so fun before. Let's do it again. Yeah. And that's cool. I mean, I, I mean, to some extent, like, I, I almost wonder if, if we had been a full-on band either time, if it would have been the same thing. Like, maybe that was kind of some of the charm of the first record is that it was kind of this weird, like... One-off. Yeah. And like this thing you couldn't, couldn't see live and it wasn't like, you know, someone trying to push it and, and tour as much as they possibly could and yeah. you know get weird yeah. support slot we did open for jimmy world before we <laughs> went our separate ways but um which was fun but. yeah well uh, let's take a listen to uh one of the songs that i i mean the, the whole first album is great uh read music speak spanish uh it came out in 2002 this is the song uh greater omaha which has a that that little opening tune that Cody and I love so much and make it do. Oh yeah, yeah. The um, octave thing. <laughs> yeah, demo yeah. Play it. You guys did that. This one I had to convince everyone to keep on the record because they thought it was too metal at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it made it. I well. still think it's too metal. <laughs> left it off. All right. Well, this is Greater Just Omaha kidding. by Desaparecidos. <laughs> Yeah. 
Hey, all right. That was Greater Omaha by Desaparecidos. We are joined by Cody Vodolato and Denver Daly from the band that they have with me, Pressers. Oh, brag much? I'm sorry. Maybe I should do it. We're back with the band Pressers. Hey, yo, what up? Real honor to be here. Um, just want to shout out um, H2O, Rancid, uh, <laughs> Earth Crisis. <laughs> Youth of today. Youth of today. Uh, early seven seconds. Ten yard uh, fight. You know, every, everybody, everybody that, everybody that uh, holds steady shouts out. Shout out to them. <laughs> Just put Secondary a shout out to hold steady. <laughs> Secondary shout out to hold steady. A whole Brooklyn crew. I want to give a shout out to Yeah Yeah Yeah's. Uh, uh, South Lady Vermont. Gaga. Big ups to Bjork and her new tour coming up. Long Island um, Billy Joel. Long what's Island up? Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> that was like. On the the like Tim Timebomb and Friends, the show that's on like Faction Punk on Sirius XM, it's like every time he has like his friends on, so much time is wasted by like if they mention any band or guy, they have to give shout outs to all the crew around them. Yeah. Where it's always just like uh, you know, yeah, we were on tour with a ten yard fight. Yeah, shout out to the uh, Cleveland scene or yeah you know, or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, uh, Billy Jack. Uh, ten yard fight was a Boston. Band. Yeah, I was I was trying to remember where they were from. Yeah, yeah, they were. I should have guessed with a ten yard fight. They were bad dudes. Um, but uh, so uh, Denver's in town because uh, we were wrapping up the album. Ooh, yeah. Actually, no. Actually, let's let's revert back to Cash. Host the show. So, (laughs) Denver, I hear you're in town taking on a few projects. What do you got working for us? Well, yeah, you know, we just wrapped the album. Oh Um, yeah, that just happened. Finally, it only took like a year and a half. Well, you guys, you guys must, you know, you live in different cities. That's got to be hard. When did we record that? Was it a year and a half ago? We like recorded it, it, and then two thousand. 17? Yeah, and then I took forever it's like doing guitars and vocals. That's right. Like July or something? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I've seen you guys play twice. We played twice, but that was like right around the time we recorded. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think. Now we haven't played since. Yeah. I think we, yeah, we've only yeah. played twice, right? So you guys yeah. in rehearsals getting ready for the big tour. Where's this <laughs> taking you on this? <laughs> oh, Wait, which so which dates are you checking in with? So much. Down in San Leandro? Uh, Playing you know, the Casbah. You know, we're we're, in, we're uh, open up for a mineral. Shout out to um, uh, Quiet Boy Crew. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Lil Jim, Eric D. <laughs> Um, Got to be exciting to get out on the road. Well, it's, I think uh, it's it's not a real band, which also has been kind of hard. <laughs> oh, there's your album title. Yeah. yeah, not a real band. Or no, what was the what was the thing we came up with? Like this has been the the issue with the band is like we've been sending around the thing, the the music, and it's like it's kind of a in a middle area where like we said it's like it's too punk for some, but not punk enough for others. Well. Where? Has anyone actually said that, or is that something that? No, this is how I feel. That's how you feel. That's like when I when, I when I when I when I think about where. Bigger reaction than that. I wasn't though. I wasn't. <laughs> I thought it was just a, like a neat description that I said. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did I land it like I was expecting more? No, no, no. I was saying that like your. <laughs> oh, the, the your reaction to them listening to the music was you saying, "Hey, I was expecting a bigger reaction." Oh yeah. Well, it's just it's uh <laughs> it's it's one of those things where. It's like there's certain labels that it's like it's it might be a little too on the poppy side or mm. or too hard for other labels. It's you know? just the segmentation of everything. Yeah, it really is. But you know, we uh, we're still kind of sending around and trying to figure that out. It's an interesting process I've found. 
Well, yeah. it sounds a lot like uh, what Denver was saying about the Desaparecidos. Uh, was like, wait, what is it? Desaparecidos. <laughs> Neil's been correcting anybody. Doritos. Neil's been trying to correct everybody. If anyone says it one way, I say it the other way. Yeah, fifteen years you've been trying to tell me it was like it's actually Desperitos. Fucking since that album came out. And every time you say it, I tell you the to say it the other way. No, it's not. No, you've been saying Desperitos. Desperitos. Yes, Desperitos. Desperitos. You say tomato. I say, Clomato. Yet another Clomato. exhilarating. Uh, I, I, I feel like every time you do this, you disrespect the disappeared. I just Moment told you what that word. Means. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Um, but uh, but so like, but like Denver basically was like, you know, we were kind of wrapping it up, and we wanted to play some shows. So Denver, you're kind of out here just to kind of play some shows, right? Yeah, I mean, it was I was killing a few birds with one stone. Uh, also, um, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I was killing birds. <laughs> I was stoned and I was killing birds. <laughs> That's what I do. But after that, it's about all she wrote. Ooh, getting stoned mm. and killing birds. That's another great ni- title, guys. Yeah. I'm writing yeah. these down. That's my memoir. <laughs> yeah. That's California recreational story. marijuana. I do hold and Denver responsible for us being a band, though, because he's the guy that's always like, "Hey." Are we going to finish the thing? Are we going to fix the thing? What do you guys think? You Should we play? Yeah. Should we play another show? And I'm yeah, like, yeah, that's dragging let's do you guys it. along. I know we need you. That's the key to any creative project. Yeah. That's why Jonah Radio has floundered for so long is we're barely interested. Yeah. yeah. And there's one guy that's been here for every episode. Mm-hmm. Two guys who don't. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yep. Yep. That's true. We yeah. So what's the constant that's bringing this thing down then? Mm. Mm. What, what, what could be putting us in that funk that we can't quite recover from? Maybe it's the ingredient that's in an every dish, maybe? Like the, the ingredient that's never, like that might be the thing why people don't like really, like it doesn't get to them. You're saying, you know what I'm saying? Is like if there's been one thing that's been a constant and you're like, boy, this is a... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I didn't know. Why, why'd you leave me alone on that one? <laughs> I, wanted see, I wanted to see how long you were. <laughs> you were I wanted you to see if you were actually... a chance to jump in. <laughs> I thought you were going to throw yourself out the window. <laughs> it was great. I was like, oh, oh, here it goes. It was going on so That was long. so good. I don't know what you were talking about either. <laughs> I literally was... I think that's the first time in the history of podcasts I could actually hear four people staring. <laughs> just, just watching the show. Just I couldn't believe how long it took me to find the chariots of fire thing. I was like, All I can think about now, I just want to make it happen again. I don't know how to do it. I want to find the formula to say the right words. Hours. Yeah. I was like... Oh, oh, I was like, stuff, I think guys. my lift is here, and I haven't even called it yet. Oh God, <laughs> so good. Sorry, that was very funny, Cash. Good job, very good bit, <laughs> Cash. Very you, purposeful you, bit you yes, just did. I did. I, <laughs> I um, planned the whole execution yeah. and um, so. So you guys um, have. I, I want to talk about like I want people that you know are in bands to know, or younger kids in bands to know the the reality of the music industry for the most part where it's like, there's really only a small percentage of people that live solely off of the money they make from a band. And then there's these jobs between they do that it's in the music industry. Yeah. Um, just kind of stuff to do. It's like both of you guys tend to do that. 
and and that's like and that's like most of the people I know. Yeah. And it's like a, and it's it's a it's like a lot of people I know are like are bartenders or they help like do sound at a venue mm-hmm. and stuff right. like that. Um, and do you feel comfortable talking about that? Just I want listeners to know the reality yeah. of what they're getting into if they're no, thinking I mean, about. It, it's weird, you know. I think that that Denver and I come from a very strange time in music where. You know, it was like kind of pre-MP3 and post-MP3. Um, so, you know, I remember specifically when we were recording, the Blood Brothers were recording Burn Piano Island Burn, going to that record store that you worked at, Jonah, yeah. and buying the Desaparecidos record and like listening to it. But I also remember like... Desaparecidos. MP3, <laughs> it, it, uh, Desaparecidos. <laughs> it disappeared. Um, I... Uh, uh, us talking in the studio about the MP3 and about because it was just starting to kind of like surface yeah. and and what kind of thing was going to happen with it and then you know fast forward however many years and it's it's you know the entire music industry has crumbled in a sense and mm-hmm. the, everyone's sort of scrambling to figure out how they're going to like make money doing it and mm-hmm. well you know, you know I remember for a while the the idea of downloading an MP3 it was. It's like no one had the internet to like a full album. I don't know who has the time and the you know, space on their computer. It's like so MP3s were kind of like a cool thing because you can get a song. It was like getting a single. It was like Lime getting wire, something right? off the yeah. radio. It, it, yeah. And it like revolutionized the idea of a mix. Revolutionized it through the wall, so it doesn't exist anymore. But the idea of a mixtape for a while was like mm-hmm. all you could fit was like a file folder. But you would give someone that file folder, and it was like an hour of music. And it was yeah. like this is yeah. this is so much easier to curate than sitting there with the tape and everything. Yeah, yeah. which obviously is why I'm sure you know records sold so well before because it was like I can't get just that one track. I'll just buy the whole album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and yeah, I can't get it without the DJ talking over the top or the bottom, so I have to go out and buy it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I used to when Napster was a thing. Uh, I used to use it just to get the dirty versions of the cleaned up rap, <laughs> rap songs, songs from the from radio. radio? Yeah, that's nice. Because I was like, I don't know what like. There's a clearly a bleep there, but I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> like, which curse word are they saying? And then you know, I would just go and hunt down Dr. Dre songs and stuff, <laughs> but. But it's uh, and you know, Cody, we were talking recently about where you're saying like uh, you f- you felt like the industry was such in such denial that they were kind of still s- selling a false bill of yeah, goods to all just, the bands. Yeah, I feel oh, like yeah. you know a lot of a lot of the younger guys we we were sold like a lie by the music industry that they were saying it's going to be okay. Yeah, or just that you know that that you could be in your weird band and you know make a lot of money and you're going to have a big future and you don't need to plan for. Or learn how to do anything in your life because you're just gonna play your guitar, some shit, you know. And that's and the way to get you guys to like stay on tour. Do you think that was kind yeah, of? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if it was like orchestrated by some like p- greater power or something. I just think it's just what happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you, you just had all these these bigger labels with money throwing money at things, and but then also yeah. like a small industry that sort of like uh, exploded, you mm-hmm. know, with indie rock and all that stuff and. Yeah, it just when it imploded though, if you weren't already making a lot of money touring yeah. and selling yeah. albums, you probably weren't going to really survive and without you, staying on tour, you know. Yeah. Who who was your first label? Uh well, the first label that put out the Blood Brothers was a record label called uh Hopscotch from Valencia actually that oh, later yeah. became Sound Virus, uh coupled with a label from uh 
uh, where's Second Nature from? Um, Kansas, Kansas yeah. City. Okay. Um, and then we we put a record out on March on Electric Children um, on Three One G from San Diego. But yep. the first major label that mm-hmm. we signed to was called Artist Direct. It was a startup by. Uh, this guy Ted Field, who started Interscope, and this guy Mark Geiger, mm-hmm. who owned Lollapalooza, and it was like an online CD. They had sold CDs. It was like a distribution oh, company, weird. and they they got a bunch of money and started a record label, hmm. and then they you know started signing bands and that's crazy. They imploded the month that our record came out. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, they went under. Um, Jimmy World's label uh, went under as well. Yeah, and then V Two like picked up our contract. That's whatever. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your album was one of those ones that came out twice. Yeah. Same with Jimmy World's. Uh, Jimmy World's came out three times because uh, the edit, uh, uh, because Dr- Grand Royal crumbled and then so it came back out on Capitol and then it was uh, called Bleed American and then 9-11 happened so they had to take it, that off the shelf and then re-release yeah. it as a self-titled. Hmm. Um, I think though, I think we talked about this a bit, Like I think that helped it in the end because it, they had, sure. there, was, there was so many, they had to keep on reprinting them yeah. and so it brought the price point down. Right. But they um, also had like, People they had like bikinis. five singles on it. They had people in bikinis in their music video. Did they too. really? Yeah, that video, that first video was huge. It was. Like see, I was. I didn't have cable when all that stuff started coming out. I didn't have. Any, I didn't have cables. So I didn't see any of that. Now Denver, like, so during this time, like, you're playing, you know, punk bands and the and uh, the Omaha scene, mm-hmm. and then you know, Bright Eyes, Connor Oberst joins your band. It does it did like at that point did it feel like you're like okay, this is what I'm going to be doing for a bit. Yeah, yeah, I think like I, yeah, I, I definitely stopped going to college and got in a tour van and never <laughs> went back, but it wasn't, you know, on some kind of like promise or anything like that. It was yeah, that's just a more, bit different because like, yeah. it's like you, you didn't like, like you guys were young and got signed to like. Yeah, we signed a deal and started giving money, not like. And it was also like money, each album got bigger, and more popular. Yeah. Where you kind of like, you guys put out an album and then it was like, it was just kind of this. Yeah, it did. Moment. It did well, and it was, but even the brief amount of touring that we did was enough to like introduce me to other bands, and then they were like, "You should come and tour manage us." And it, I mean, that was quickly the in where I was like, "What you were talking about before?" Where I was like, "Well, you can even when you do well, you get paid like maybe four times a year, you know." Yeah. And so it's like feast yeah. or famine, and you kind of need <clears throat> something consistent. And, uh, and so, so yeah. tour managing is what you like just kind of happened into yeah yeah for rilo kylie and then other bands just started kind of well one of the things actually i heard uh cody you talking about this with the fiddler guys about the difference between a road manager or tour manager that's actually like done it as an artist Mm -hmm. and one that does it as a gig of like the the understanding that comes from having a manager like that who's like yeah you know these guys are going to need like an hour not doing this stuff and yeah. like the, the idea of like sort of protecting the band a little bit more do you think i think yeah i think guys like denver and i have been you know more cut out for tour managing in terms of creating an experience that an artist uh is going to feel comfortable in because we know what we would yeah. like or what yeah. we would yeah. have liked or or mm-hmm. maybe how we were treated by a tour manager that we liked or didn't like yeah. so you already have a leg up on in terms of that, if you're able to kind of swallow the pill of like, oh, I'm not the artist, like I'm the guy working for the artist, yeah, which, which has never really been an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess because I was tour managing artists that I really liked, so maybe yeah, because yeah, you've, you've done uh, at the drive-in, at the drive-in, and King Cruel are the yeah, two King guys Krul, that, right. I, that I tour manage. Yeah, and then you were doing like Riley Kai, who I'm sure were friends of yours, just because yep. they came out, they all moved out there to record the execution of all things, mm-hmm. right? 
because they have that line in that song. It's like, yeah. move out to Omaha and exploit the booming music scene. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny thing, too, like how back in the day, you know, labels had money to kind of develop artists since they always wanted to sign you for like multiple deal, multiple album deals. And as an artist, you're like, ah, I don't really want that. Like, I want to be able to have the freedom to upgrade or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, we'll sign you to one and we'll see how it goes. And <laughs> yeah. if it doesn't sell, you're out of here, you know? Yeah. So it's a different... Yeah. It's, it's and then we're going to make you rules. tour for two years straight. Yeah. And yeah. then we'll see yeah. how many people we'll steal talk. your songs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like Fiddler guys are kind of in that position right now where it's like, it's like the moment is now. And so yeah. they have to kind of you know, kill themselves to yeah. like stay on the road and stay. Yep. I was talking to uh, my buddy Stu who plays in a band called The Love Language. Uh, they're a Merge Records band uh, the other day. And he, he brought up this really cool thing. He was like, you know, it's crazy. It's like, we're one of the only people in an industry that that put blood sweat and tears spend all of their money and on buying equipment to create something and go in the studio and record it uh and then just give it away for free yeah it's like you wouldn't go like set up like a sandwich shop and get all the ingredients put them all together and just start handing them out like yeah he's like i really just want to like set up like yeah and then people, it's like, and people would get upset. It was like, give me the sandwich. Yeah. 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 I want your and sandwich. Also, yeah. The first time you gave one sandwich away, someone could go, here, a duplicate of this sandwich yeah. I just yeah. made. Yeah. And then that just keeps going down the line. Yeah. yeah. It's a crazy concept. It is, you know, strange that that's, it's so normalized to just. Yeah. Like all this, all this effort just for something that is. You're just going to inevitably give away. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you can get like Toyota to put it in their commercial or that's yeah. like, yeah. you know, or something that's like super lame that, that I have no judgment on it, but it's probably not as an artist, like your goal for yeah. your yeah. song, well, you know, that's my goal. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's like Mailbox even like uh, the yeah, Fiddler sure. Guys. It's, no, it, it, it is awesome but, fiscally yeah. and financially, but not like you don't want to be tied to some evil corporation. Yeah, it's also yeah. just not how like you want to be writing your. I know a lot of people do it, but for me, I don't ever want to be You're writing with this it, this like advertisement in mind. Oh, yeah, which yeah. is like what I think a lot of things have become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's go sit down and think about the new Tundra for a while, guys. <laughs> see what comes out. Guys, I, I mean, that the said, Tundra, Toyota, if you would like to drive. license a yeah. presser yeah. song, uh, email Denver. I, I, <laughs> right, yeah. I, I, I met some, uh, I met a dude, or I knew a dude for a long time who was in the recording industry and then the record industry and then moved to the video game industry to become like the license guy. Yeah. And started with Tony Hawk and then moved into uh, Rock Band. And it was Jeez. insane. Like, he just moved from like dying industry to best part of new industry yeah never saw the light really copy it seems like no and it's got a solid price like it's never going to be less than like 60 or 40 and your your percentage is uh hard in that like yeah Yeah, it is the industry to be in yeah for sure um and it can employ a lot of people which is also good yeah yeah Yeah. i think you know it's uh i think that's good for just you know Capitalism? I don't know what I was yeah. trying to say with that, but it's no, nice no, no, to no, have, no. Yeah. yeah, every everything else is going to automation, yet you need people for this. So yeah. like that's a that's a you know, all exactly. the Lyft drivers and uh um the the McDonald's people. You guys yeah. use those screens at McDonald's yet? They have know. like screens you can just walk up to so you don't have to talk to people. Oh, yeah, boy. yeah. Like uh sheets. Uh every time he starts to go, I just want everyone to shut up. <laughs> Like just wait for it. Just no one say anything. Just let it look at well. We're going to take a break for a song. Um, our friend uh, and friend of the show, Mike Kroll, just put out a new album called Power Chords. Mike Kroll. Um, and it came out uh, just this uh, last week. And it is probably his best 
uh, I was going to say best effort yet, which is always, I think it's such a terrible thing to say when you talk about someone's art, yeah. their best, their, their latest effort is like, Oh, go yeah. fuck yourself. They tried. Yeah. yeah. That's cute. Still trying. Still trying. Uh, but also this an is an objective his, thing to say. This is his best. Uh, <laughs> this is his best uh, album yet. And uh, this is the song. What's the rhythm off of the album power chords by Mike Kroll. Mike Kroll, what's the rhythm off of Power Chords? Please go and uh, get that record. It is fantastic. And he's also uh, most likely, I guess, going to be doing some promotional stuff. For it. It's on Merge Records, which is nice. Yeah. Um, Speaking of him. record labels. Good for him. Yeah, um, what their email address is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's that time where uh, we get into the down and dirty of some of that music news. Oh, oh, it's time for music news. Cody, excited? Music news. Music news. Denver, are you excited for this music news segment? Uh, yes, I'm very excited about that. Oh, boy. So much <laughs> happening. News, as brought to you by Spin Magazine Online. Spin.com. <laughs> I've tried other sites. They have the, the they have, they're just good at, like, uh, you know, showing you what's up. Um, all right. So, here we go. Report. R. Oh. Kelly has recorded a new album oh, and geez. is searching for a distributor. Oh, oh yeah. I, Which do you think, uh, who gets one first? You guys or R. Kelly? You guys or R. Kelly? Oh, 
For sure, our Kelly. Kelly, Kelly yeah. 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 I mean, we're still three straight white males. We're still going to have <laughs> a hard time in this world. Am I right, guys? <laughs> oh, hey. oh, oh, boy. Uh, sometimes oh, irony doesn't really work uh, if you just if you're just tuning in now. You just have you, you'd have to know Jonah to get it. He didn't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like that, you know. He's like that. It's a, he says it ironically. You sure? Um, yeah. That's a. What do you? What is he doing? Is it like? Is it the? You know, because there's also that Michael Jackson documentary that's coming out right now, and the, and the family saying this is like this is a lynching. Really? Um, I heard it was playing Sundance. I did not hear. Playing Sundance, and people are saying like it's like oh no, but yeah. it's like here's the here's some of the issues with it. Like a guy, one of the guys that's in it that's saying like he was, uh, you know, um, uh, molested by Michael Jackson, like right after Michael Jackson died, like he was still saying great things about how awesome he was, mm-hmm. you know, years after the fact. <laughs> so it's like, there's a, like, that's the, what they're trying. That's the angle they're trying to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know music is important in this world, but just in the case that he did diddle kids, mm-hmm. I'm fine. Not hearing thriller anymore. I'm yeah. like just in the case, a- just to be on the safe side. Do we have to value art to a point of like, like beyond a shadow of a doubt kind of situation. Yeah, I'm good giving up stuff. I know. What do you guys think? It's like I'm fine not watching uh, any hall ever again. I'm fine not watching like any mm-hmm. any yeah. stuff from uh, yeah. You know, I mean, Woody that, Allen. That that that's that's incredibly true. Like I, uh, yeah, Michael Jackson. But it, it, it's it's also like that th- you also run into the thing, and I think with Michael Jackson more than a lot of people. Um, Stop fucking doing that. Put put your finger down. Don't play the song yet. I'm, I'm all right. Um, now you got him flustered, and it's now it's gonna happen. Perfect. Now I'm now you're just staring at me with your finger post. Here, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, like because of the ubiquity of Michael Jackson, people have made these connections to it uh, that are completely divorced by, from the person. Or like, sure. I mean, he was such the sound of the '80s that it's just like. There's so much good feelings you have connected to a Michael Jackson song that I can see people being like, I don't want to throw away these good feelings for that bad feeling. But but yet somebody like Woody Allen, where it's like you watch Manhattan and he's dating a 19 or a 17 year old. Yes. You're like, he's oh, there's still... no way to divorce this at all. Like yeah, the yeah. content is the thing you should feel bad about. Type trap artist named Hoodie Allen. Was there? Yeah, yeah there was. So. <laughs> Hoodie Allen. That's a... I'm a, I've been such a weird thing. Like, I'm gonna put my eggs in this basket. Sort of. Wait, no. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> well, I was always fascinated by Joe Budden because I thought he was like some sort of. Uh, I thought it was a Joe Biden re- reference. I thought it was like a Joe Biden <laughs> weed reference. And I was like, I kind of want to meet the guy who's like, I'm the Joe Biden of weed. But it Joe was that the Budden. Joe Biden of weed is Joe Budden. Oh boy. All right. Um, <laughs> let's the see. Ceremonial uh, position. <laughs> Of weed. <laughs> I don't really do much. I'm mostly like an appearance guy, and then I get taken away in a helicopter if the president gets shot. Um, these, are like a, these are a bunch of terrible news items that I'm getting. Um, they're all just like a tour announcements and watch this video. Um, Warp Tour announces 25th anniversary shows. Oh, boy. Wow. Why? 25 years of the Warp Tour? Like, they literally wrapped up the tour, I think, last year. And now they're doing anniversary shows? Yeah, I was about to say, I thought that was, I thought they just, just ended that. Have you guys have done um, like those big book tours, haven't you? Have, have you guys done like a Warp Tour, an OzFest, uh, uh, 
different city every day <laughs> sort of festival. festival circuit. I feel like there were a handful of years where the Blood Brothers were uh, being asked to play Warped Tour, but we never actually, we didn't do it or we were never like in a position on our tour schedule mm-hmm. or, or maybe just didn't want to or I, I I don't recall, but we never did that. I never did Warped. Um, I did, we did Riot Fest like in Denver and then Chicago. That's the closest thing I can. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's not like a traveling tour. <clears throat> no, no, that's no. like that's a one day festival. Yeah, right? yeah, it was like, and then a couple weeks later we did Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I've, I always wondered what, uh, like, I, I used to I, I heard stories of Sublime and three eleven fighting on, on the on the warp tour from like ninety six or something uh, like that. Yeah. Like I'm sure there's drama. Yeah. There's a, a great show called Warped Roadies that we would watch sometimes in the van or the bus. Oh really? Warped Roadies? Yeah, it's like followed like Roadies at Warp Tour. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. It's pretty golden. There was some video on like Instagram like a couple years ago from Warp Tour and it was like Everyone in the audience had their own space, and they, it looked like they were like fighting invisible people or something, <laughs> mm-hmm. like those like weird goth dancing sort of I, something st- like that. But it trans- was the first time where I like I I think I might even said out loud like I officially am too old and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, I have no idea what this is. Like is it, it's not like I remember like skanking. Yeah. Remember when that was the thing. Is yeah. like, oh yeah, they're skanking. Like it was like yeah. a term. I was like, what is this? There, and you couldn't find a term for it. There's no term for like invisible ghost fighting. I don't, I Folks, mean, if you know what invisible ghost fighting is known as, <laughs> please email us. I don't know if it was like a thing of like, I'm just punching the air, and if you walk in, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Not while a band was playing, or while a band was playing. Oh, so it was like hardcore band. I don't know. I didn't. I don't think there was even sound on the video I saw. Oh, was it? Is it? They do it, those it, like silent discos. You ever seen those? No, I mean, there was definitely a band. I just didn't hear what kind of band it was. But it was some move that I was unfamiliar (laughs) with. I'd never seen, like, everyone just take their own little section. You know, (laughs) Yeah, there was, like, an aerobics class. Yeah, I found a video like that recently. Uh, It was, like, an upper angle on the dance floor of all these kids just doing their hardcore karate moves. And, And then I sped it up. And then put uh, yakety sacks over it. Oh and wow! It's one of those things where sometimes you make art so important that yeah. capitalism <laughs> dies a little bit. You know, yeah. just one of those nice moments you have. Um, you. Here's the thing: Third Eye Blind and Jimmy Eat World announce joint Summer Gods tour. Okay, Sorry, Summer what? Summer Gods tour. Third That's what they're calling it. An interesting title. That's an interesting title. That's Get off the cross, dude. <laughs> uh so this is slightly related, but I was driving Lyft the other day and talking to some guy in my backseat about music, and he was talking about some band, and he's like, "Is it, they're one of those bands where you see them, and they're so much better live. Like, like when you go see Third Eye Blind, and uh, Rob Thomas just fucking blows you away with his voice. And I was like, I didn't oh. know that was a thing. Like, also, people, Rob Thomas isn't in yeah, Third Eye not, Blind. Not Rob Thomas. Who's, who's the head front of Third Rob Eye Thomas. Band? Rob Thomas isn't in the Rob band Thomas. either. <laughs> Rob Thomas. <laughs> I thought that was going to be the point of the story that he mixed up. <laughs> Rob Thomas. You mixed it up. Okay, I got yeah, it. Rob, Rob Thomas and Third Eye Blind. Thomas. <laughs> Third eye blind. What is? Did anyone watch uh, Escape of Danamora? No, I heard it. Was God great, damn, though. it might be one of my favorite shows of the year. It's what is it? it's fu- it's like Ben Stiller made this fucking show, uh, this like mini series about the dudes that broke out of that prison in like North New York State. Like last year too. It was, really it was like three turtle. years ago. Was it three years ago? But they were like it was like and it's uh, Benicio del Toro and Paul Dano and uh, Rosanna oh. Arquette or Patricia Arquette. Is like playing like this, like, uh, and then her husband is this guy that's like, it's like the best, the best performance where the guy is just like, uh, it's like he has that awesome North 
like accent mm-hmm. where it's like there's like helicopters he's like oh, a couple of whirly birds up there <laughs> like just like everything he says is so it's like you know the 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 characters next to the walk kitchen doesn't necessarily mean what it says in english it means like happy lucky restaurant or something it's just like everything about the show is so fucking good and i highly recommend it i it send out. it to my mom i was like you should watch this i think you'll like it and she's like the music's great What's that called? <laughs> it's called Escape of Danamora. And it's a real yeah. story about how like these two guys were kind of like having sex with like this lady who they worked at like a, you know, uh, prison. It was at a prison. But yeah, they're in the like wood shop. Or not whatever. like the wood shop or like the, the seamster. Yeah, oh, yeah, seamsters, yeah, yeah. Which is also kind of a neat comment where it's like there's all this pressure like where they got to, it's like, it's the, it's the, they really kind of without calling it out say like, look, in prisons, it's slave labor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, prison wow. industrial complex. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's like they're all making pants in this thing. Right. And then they, and like there's like these quotas they got to get and stuff like that. But I highly recommend it. Um, but uh, yeah, Third Eye Blind Jimmy World, Summer Gods. <laughs> Interesting. I love, I love, I yeah. love how these are contained, self contained, these yeah. little news things yeah <laughs> i just thought i just remembered it was how much i like the show yeah it's yeah. such a good show Did, and I highly uh, recommend is third eye blind in it Did no they, i don't know why it? i thought of it no, i don't know why Gordon, you're thinking like if i go to that show i might have to escape the show <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly or the show's called Jonah radio and i can fucking talk yeah. about whatever <laughs> the fuck i want and that's your music news for today everybody <sighs> music news um uh, oh, that's funny. Roger Stone allegedly threatened to kidnap witnesses' therapy dog. <laughs> oh, wow. That guy can't stop being terrible. No, he really can't. <laughs> hey, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Even like that's the thing. That's all you need with that guy, with a guy that looks like that. Yeah. God. Yeah. Damn. Nixon tattoo. Uh, we're gonna take a break with a song. Uh, this is a track off the new Fiddler album, Almost Free, which is their comment, kind of uh, technically on um, making music today. Is basically you're just making it for almost free. Yeah, there you go. This is almost free off the new Fiddler album. And if you want to see a video of theirs that I directed, check it out on Fiddler.com. Thank you. 
this is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We're talking about how the creative process is in itself an art form, in our opinion. There are underlying forms and structures that serve as a scaffolding for any creative endeavor. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. New episodes will be coming every other Monday. Starting January 28th. So please listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, all right. That was... Almost Free by Fiddler, which is a great little instrumental track off their new, very diverse-sounding album. Yeah. yeah, very diverse. Got some horns. Got some horns in there. Got Beep. some uh, um, talk so, about pants. So what are some, like, it's like, so have you been, like, you also went on to play with Harmar a bunch, mm-hmm. um, and you did some of your own stuff, mm-hmm. um, but, like, your main source of income for the past, uh, like, decade has been tour magic. Um, or is it just stuff here and yeah. there? It's been more just playing in band. It's been in more recent years. It's been tour managing, like in yeah. the last year or two, probably. I hadn't done it in a long time, and then um, a tour manager I had in England, like randomly hit me up one day. He's like, you "Used to tour manage, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, like ten years ago." He's like, "You want to do it again?" I was like, "Sure." So I just found myself doing that again. But yeah, it's been pretty much just either playing live or records. Can, can I ask a little bit of a dumb question? I mean, I guess I need don't need permission. I've been doing it all. But like, what if you were to give me like a five sentence description of what tour managing is? Uh, like, I, I get the basics, but just for anybody who's listening who might not quite know, it's an interesting. It is an interesting. Question. Are you just, you're you're making sure everybody gets from point A to point B at the time they need to be, right? Yeah, and just basically trying to think of every possible thing that could go wrong, and and making sure yeah everyone gets to where they need to be on time, and you're advancing with each venue and promoter, and mm-hmm. booking all the flights, and I don't know how do you, you yeah, I mean I think you know a very large part of the role of tour manager is one making sure the artist is has what they need. Uh, and that it's comfortable for them, uh, that the tour is cost effective, and that you know you're handling the money, you're settling the shows. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very, very big part of the yeah, job. The, yeah, the at end of the day, and, and yeah. yeah, like yeah, making sure you get your money, and yeah. There's really no moment where it's like maybe when when the show's going on is when you're usually advancing the next day, right? Nah, I mean you're you're fitting it in when you can. Yeah, honestly, it depends on the band too, because some some bands you need to be on stage like watching to make oh, sure, sure that everything's chill on the stage and it's going as planned. And other other bands, it's a good time to go like take care of business, settle the show, like you know get prepped for the next day. Yeah. Like, so, but there's no days off for a tour manager. Like lots of crew has like it's a day off. Yeah. yeah. There's show days and non-show days. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also the um. Y- as a tour manager, you have to just be aware of like keeping them happy as well, right? Yeah, you gotta you gotta make sure the artist gets from A to B in a way that is comfortable for them, so that they want to keep doing it. Basically, yeah. yeah. And then also like being mindful of uh, union crews when you get to certain theaters. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and, and it, by that time, you have a, a production manager who, yeah, you know, is on top of that, and a stage manager. But yes, you have to like coordinate with them and make sure that they're communicating to you yeah. like so that yeah. people aren't going into OT or that people were cut at a certain time so that the promoter's not trying to charge you for time that they didn't 
have to pay out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, on the uh, on the Mystery Science Theater tour, I was always just it's you know, it, it's crazy that the crew works how much they work. Where it's like they're out, they're like they get to bed last. They wake up before everybody else, yeah, and rough. they work throughout the entire day. Yeah, they really kill themselves, and it's yeah. like. I remember on that first tour, I was always like making fun of some of the crew guys on it, like just talking about like how the, all the shit they were eating, all the fast food or like the things at the gas stations. And I was like, I was like, yeah, what else are they gonna do? Like, it's like yeah, they, they need something, yeah, yeah. and know? they have five minutes to get it, yeah, yeah. and they can't really like they can't like drink because yeah. it's like then they'll be fucked the next day. Yeah, or if something like goes down, you can't be like all drunk or you know even buzzed. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you have to be like, yeah, kind of on. Oh yeah, I'm taking care of this, or or I'm sure occasionally having to take care of anyone on the in the band that might be drunk or yeah, yeah like trying to get them to go to bed or at least yeah. show up for call. But that is- thank thank you for that because like I had a general <laughs> idea, but like those particular things. Cash, yeah, let's that, get the chords in yeah, order here. Yeah. It's happening. But yeah, I agree. Like, <laughs> just can't step. What, up. Is, what is? Why do you have everything? Everything you do <laughs> is making everything worse. It is. It is really doing that. We right. gotta. We gotta do a redo. Yep. On the, I'm gonna on break it all down. Stuff over here. Um, <laughs> oh, once over. It'd be, it'd be nice. Come every week. Can you ever come? Every <laughs> week, please? Just sit over in the corner. Um, but also, Cody, you've you've like you've gone on to produce a couple bands at New York and, uh, and Shut, Shut Ups, Ups and yeah. stuff like that. And, yeah. It's um, these are other things that are you know ways to make money. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've done you know I was sort of knocking like uh, licensing and stuff, but I've done you know composition stuff for for commercials and yeah the web and all that kind of stuff as well. So um, there are ways to to make money and DJ and all all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, but I I basically stopped. Like I started kind of reframing how I look at art and music mm-hmm. uh, in the last few years, and wanted to really focus my effort back into like the um, uh, the genuineness of it that I had when I first started playing music, where it wasn't something that I depended on for money, yes. or or you know had some kind of financial ambition behind it, so that I could just make cool music that I like, yeah. And that's been really cool uh, for the last few years because I don't have any, I don't need it to make me money. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. need it to. So there's never even like that little bit of like, well, are people gonna like it? You know, are people gonna come to the show? Who's gonna buy it? Like I, yeah. you know, like so I just have been writing and putting out music and just sort of kind of floating it out there a little bit. And yeah, it's been really cool. And that's what's been kind of fun about doing pressers too. Is it's like it's 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 uh, just it, fun. Yeah, it's it's desperacitos. <laughs> <laughs> But it's uh, it's yeah, it's really like it's something that I always tell people. It's like it's like oh, it's our dad band. Like it's like you know, yeah, yeah. we did it because like we were friends and it'd be fun and we thought it, you know, and yeah, it's, it wasn't like all right, we write this song and then we'll sell it this arena and you know, yeah, right, just like no. I actually think that I I bumped into Denver. I was at LAX very late at night, like a five, four or five a.m. thing, and I bumped into Denver. I because I, I work on the television show The Bachelor sometimes, and I was flying to the Bahamas <laughs> for for like part of it. And it's just that he was there. Life, he was there flying to Minneapolis, and we were just like, "Oh my god, good to see you!" And they were like, "We should start a band." And then, you know, you and I became friends, Jonah. And yeah. then it was like, "Okay, we need to start a band." Like yeah. probably a couple months later. But. Yeah. 
But yeah. it's funny. It was like just the two dudes in all black at the airport at four. <laughs> yeah. There was literally you know? no one there. And I don't even know the last time I had seen you or talked yeah. to you or like, yeah. you know. Like, and, and it turns cool. out I had a drum set and a place to practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, like. I my, can host this. Yeah. <laughs> it's what my dad would say. Like, uh, like he's, he's like, yeah, I played in a couple bands when I was in high school. I was like, what'd you play? He's like. Technically, the bass. More practically, I played the guy with the truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's, that was his. That was his contribution to the band, and that's a. I'm the guy that plays drums technically, but I'm also the guy with the space. Yeah, yeah. Which is my, nice. My friend uh, Dan McCarthy, growing up, had pl- place to practice. They had a garage that they converted, and his mom had a minivan that he basically took over. Yeah. When he was 16, and it was just plastered with bumper stickers and shit. And I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Denver's only in the band because of his hair. That's <laughs> all I've ever had to offer. Guys, locks. Ever. this is the best. The reason this that we. The best hair podcast we The had. reason <laughs> that there was so much time in between when we recorded the record and now is he cut his hair and now it's finally <laughs> yeah. grown back out. So yeah, we're like, Denver's we can do part Samson. Yeah. <laughs> Your descendant. Also, a- we have a we have a strict uh, no more than four to five feet standing next to me at all times for these two guys. <laughs> you get yeah, you because right. although I look really tall in pictures, I, it turns out I'm not. And these guys look tall in pictures, and it turns out they are. Um, so. That's their, your only your only desire on uh, the only thing on the uh, tour list is the an rider. Apple box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the thing. Like in group photo, in every band photo I've ever done ever, they're like, "All right, Denver, back, back it up, back. We got a perspective thing going. Back it up." Yeah, um, we're gonna play actually a song from uh, the the recording. Of uh, the Pressers album that it will soon be out somewhere, ideally. Somehow. I mean, we could put it out anytime we want. I don't yeah. know. I think it's cooler to keep doing these oh, these podcasts yeah, where we talk about drop. it coming out yeah, someday, someday and how no label wants it um, <laughs> and that it's getting mixed. Yeah. Uh, so seven years uh, from now, we're still looking. Uh, <laughs> we, what do you think? So fucking boring or shredding? Which one should I play? Ooh, shredding. Shredding. All right, this is Shredding by Pressers. Uh, soon enough.
Okay, that was Shredding by Pressers. Uh, we will be playing, uh, opening up for Mineral at the Constellation Room in Santa Ana on Thursday. And then uh, we'll be playing Emo Night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I think we're an emo band. What's, what's yeah, no, we're totally an emo band. But, like, uh, Denver, maybe you're not gonna for put the kids the, that go there. The bangs in your eyes for that night? Maybe we bring that hair up front? I'm going to yeah. get some face tattoos. I actually want a face tattoo, though. You do? No, you I would don't. love to have one. Yeah, no. You do. You we already we look mean? so much like Post Malone. Why go full know, full, right? Malone? <laughs> full Malone? <laughs> what would you get and wear on your face? I don't know. I've never really thought it through. I just kind of always wanted one. I probably would never would. But Cash, it seems like you've asked people that before. What would you get and wear on your face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would get the Aaron Neville bird. Yeah? I forgot yeah. about that. The Evan That's right. Neville. Aaron Neville got a ta- face tattoo. It's literally the, the first face tattoo I remember ever happening yeah. in yeah. my life. I think that might have been before Mike Tyson's. Yeah, yeah. Too. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, I, I didn't so get it. I, I you like the dude that sings cool. the songs yeah. in the cotton commercial. I don't know much. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, the guy from I don't the know if face tattoos are cool. Who? Aaron Neville's? Apparently they are right now. I saw oh, they are right now. People go crazy for them. Yeah. I follow the Sucky Tattoos Instagram feed, and there's this photo this morning of a lady who, I guess she got like, I guess it's her kid, like like a picture of her kid, Ooh. like Kid's on her face, on her face, on her face. Mm. And then there was a picture of her in the tattoo, and then a picture of the guy that did the tattoo. And it was just like, fuck that dude. Oh like, yeah, yeah, like you gotta have a little bit of fucking morals and like better judgment than people who want. Face tattoos a of picture people. of a face on your face. Yeah, there's a. I was talking to a guy once. I think it was Dan Bones or some guy that Dan Bones was working with. But like he talked about a guy came in and wanted like stuff all around his neck, and the, and the the guy was like, I, you know, you're not there yet. And then he's, he's, like, he's like, no, I want it like all around here. He's, he's like, he's like, you get your neck tattoo and the other avenues are exhausted. That's the way it works, man. Sorry, yeah. I'm not giving you a collar. Uh, like uh, and it's like he said the same thing for like people come in and want stuff on top of their hands. He's he's like get a sleeve first. I, then I got one on my hand with that. Where a sleeve? That's yeah, but I, that's not. I yeah. think he's talking about like the kind that like oh it covers, covers his hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yours is like kind of just like a little spot there. Yeah, yeah. it's the what is that? The, that's the finger taint. It taints your thumb. It taints your finger. Yeah, I don't um, like that terminology at all. <laughs> if only well, if only you could see my face right now. Um, is this our new rap-up music? Like, yeah, there's no consistency with you. No. Constant source of creativity. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if my favorite thing in the show are Cash's stories or <laughs> Neil's trying to use the iPad. <laughs> well, both, was at one point both of them the have gone on. all the way through this podcast from first episode to most current. <laughs> it's literally the only reason I have it. I don't... I don't really like use it for Netflix or anything. Can I borrow that thing Sound, in between? Because yeah, his soundboard is his art. Soundboard is my art. Well, I forgot. Neil's <laughs> 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 old high school band. Oh, oh that was, uh, by the way, that thing we did last week where we talked, uh, <laughs> we talked about uh, music that we've given you. That was cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna make it my way. 
song about Ontario. <laughs> All right. It's a problem. That's our show for the day. Yay. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. You're making a face at me. What do you want me to do? Play the fucking song. God damn it. <laughs> Jonah's having a, a freak out. Yeah. I think I like outs. it. I don't know. That's the thing. I, I used to get like upset in the moment. And like now I'm like, I'm like... I think I like a life where I care about things. Yeah. I think I, I don't really, I'm not really that kind of person. So to be in a moment where I'm like, you messed it up. And then immediately drop that feeling of, of upsetness and hurt. Like it, I think it's like, a, it's like I'm visiting what it's like to be a piece of shit. Just visiting. Well, we want to thank uh, Denver Daly. Uh, Denver, what's your uh, Instagram and your... Just at Denver Daly, D-A-L-L-E-Y. If you want to see the weird, crazy adventures that Denver goes on where he's just like, you know, fucking... Like doing the Christ pose above a fucking weird hidden lake in Brazil or something like that. <laughs> a weird life you have. Oh, man. Fucking odd odd man. You also grow out your hair a ton and then sell it for charity. I, well, I give, I donate it. You donate it yeah. to, to people. It. You sell for yeah, charity. Like, Isn't that what donating is? He sells it for profit. Yeah, yeah. And then I sell it to feel good about myself. Yeah. No, yeah, I donate to works for kids. Yeah. And then, um, and then you smear some more peanut butter solution on your head, and it yeah. grows all right back. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cody, yeah. you have an album coming out on February one first first this Friday. Yeah. Uh, so Cody, your album comes out. Mm-hmm. We played songs from it before. It's yeah. great. Um. And you're doing a uh, a show, yeah, album playing, release show with Facial. A, They're good. Yeah, Facial and Slugs here yeah. in LA at the Hi Hat, February 16th. Yeah, and so uh, you're, is it going to be on all platforms? Yes. So we'll be linking It'll to be that. Digital. Please be sure to check out Jr. Slayer, Cody Vidal's band. And uh, if, if you are in the area, come and see us play. Pressers. Yeah. yeah, Santa Ana. Santa Ana and Echo Park. H.O. Parque. <laughs> Desaparecidos. This is why I demand people to talk as wide as they can, so we don't run into stuff like that. <laughs> Desaparecidos. <laughs> hey! Desaparecidos. Um, uh, we're going to uh, end out the show with a, uh, a song. Uh, Cash, tell us all about this. So this is a frequent contributor. We've played them a, a few times. Nice Legs, the band from Kyoto, Japan. Uh, they wrote in. They said, uh, we feature them on a show. It actually brought out like... 20 people to our most recent Coast to Coast tour, which is a lot for them. There was even one guy that came to both Philly, Nashville, and Louisville. Um, and uh, he uses their music to score a high on pinball machines. Anyways, they wrote this song. It's a New Year's Eve song, but it's still pretty cool. It's called 1159. They said if you uh, bring it up at 1159 on New Year's Eve, it should ring in the new year with you. But um, that was a couple weeks ago. But this is Nice Legs. Nice Legs. Nice legs with eleven fifty nine. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Sorry for cash. It's not playing. It was yeah. apparently the Wi-Fi is much better on his cell phone.
Is there a dog in a car at a bar on the street? Yay! I'm Allegra Ringo, a small dog owner. My dog Pistachio howls when she's excited. And I'm Renee Culvert, a big dog owner. My dog Tugboat tips over when he's sleepy. And we co-host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog that airs every Tuesday. We bring you all things dog. Yes, dog news, dog tech, dogs we met this week. We also have pretty famous guests on Butt Legs. We're not going to let them talk about their projects. No. Just want to hear about those dogs. We don't want to hear about your stuff, only your dogs. So join us every Tuesday on Max Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.